going on, everybody? Uh, I want to welcome you to the Spring Cypress YSA Branch uh, podcast. Uh, I am your host, Agustin. Most of you know me as Gus, and over here I have a special guest. My name is Hugo Zareen, aka DJ Blade. What's going on, DJ? Yo, yo, yo. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. All right. A little louder. Um, so yeah, um, he's uh, my second guest. Unfortunately, uh, I haven't had too much time to do this. Um, I was on vacation for a couple of weeks, and then uh, somebody that I was supposed to interview last week fell through, unfortunately. But um, uh, I'm actually I'm actually working with you, Ugo, right now because uh, he has a few demos for us that we could use for uh, my personal podcast, the guys in the HOU. So uh, that's why he's here, and we decided to take advantage and shoot a, an episode of the Spring Cypress YSA uh, podcast. Um, yeah, man. How long have you been mixing? Uh, so I've been music producing for already, like, I started back in high school, in ninth grade. Okay. But I started way before that, because I remember uh, when I DJed for my sister's wedding. This was Jenny, mm-hmm. and I played for her quinceanera. Okay. My cousin Ricky, you know, Big Soul. Yeah. Big Soul. Yeah. He also made, his, you know, some of his songs too. Nice. Um, I think he's also, he knows a little bit about music producing too. Okay. So when he saw me up there and he saw that I was uh, DJing, he came into my house one day and I think he was just visiting my mom, but he gave me this disc and it was a, uh, it was a music production software. It was called FL Studio. Back then it was called Fruity Loops, but okay. right now it's called a, it's a FL Studio because, you know, like. I guess people don't like the name or, you know, whatever the, the case may be. So when he gave me that disc, um, I downloaded it up in a computer. And at first I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, it's pretty interesting. And like at first it was kind of overwhelming. You don't know like what it does or like how to work anything. So right. um, I remember and I, I don't think I did like too many songs there. And I would get disappointed because the songs that I wanted to play or I wanted to sound like, you know, like remixes of you know some music that I would play um, back in the day like it ain't it would never come out like that it would just hmm. be like you know like simple beats you know just kind of like you know like it would be it like, didn't have it just like be garbage man like it's just trash <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't have like the all the bells and whistles that you wanted to have no nah, not really man I see it was just like just simple beats so then after that like I just kind of like quit and uh, I just got back to DJing and I think uh, I started music producing back when I was like 15 16 okay so um, from there, I just I just kind of stopped, and I don't think I I got back into it when I was like a sophomore in high school. Tell me, tell me how this went about. Like, you just you had a laptop, and you were like, I can do this. I can just write music, or I can, uh, um, you know, like wh- where did this come from, and how did you go about doing it? Um, that's pretty interesting because um, you know, I never had any intentions to become like a music producer, just like DJing too. Like, yeah. I never had any intentions to become a DJ. Um, the only reason why I'm a DJ is because my dad's a DJ. Sure. And he bought um, some new equipment. Okay. And they had the scratching feature. And then from there, that just kind of like, it got my curiosity. Sure. And then from there, it just kind of like, it just, you know, went took all off the way. It just took yeah. off. Yeah. So same thing with music producing too. Um, I didn't really have any intentions to like make any music. I was just kind of curious at first just to see like what the software was. Yeah. But one thing that kind of kept me going is that I do have a very creative mind and um, I do have like a a big imagination and like, I don't know, I just have like a really good ear and I know what like, what sounds good. Yeah. But what it takes to make beautiful music. So I'm very like, you know, very melodic. Um, I love like minor chords. Minor chords are like chords that are very sad. 
mm-hmm. and um, they're kind of like emotional. Like that's my style. So sure. majority of my songs that I made, like in my laptop, well, from the music production site, they're all like minor chords. So they're all kind of sad feel into them. But for me, that's beautiful. Like yeah. that's that's beautiful music. Sure. So does this music in any way sometimes reflect what you feel, or is it just the simple fact that it's your taste of music? Ah, uh, bro. <laughs> So this is, already, this is already um, deep dive. <laughs> already going to a deep dive. Yeah, no, I like this already. <laughs> so it's already me, like okay. my, my personality. But you're right. You know, sometimes in some music that I make, it's already based on how I'm feeling in the moment. And I guess majority of the times, like <laughs> it kind of sucks to say this, but maybe I'm feeling sad. Yeah. So that's where I get the inspiration. That's how you, you know, you first start making a song. Definitely. And then from there, like you kind of just, you know, you just take off. But it also has to do. It also has to do with your nature too, like your personality, like who you are as a person. So um, for me, like what comes naturally is just minor chords. Like that's just me, and sure. I don't think it's like necessary because, like you know, I'm always sad or anything. That's just like what I like, and like yeah. for me, what sounds beautiful to me. Yeah, and I'm not. Awesome, I'm not like you know, kind of like uh, what's that? Like I'm not insulting like you know, happy music or minor uh, major chords or anything like that, but. Um, I don't know. For me, minor. I just like minor music. You know, like, I see. It's just great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So you, um, how early were you uh, traveling with your dad and maybe uh, being DJing or? or, or... <laughs> so it all started. Um, so my dad, when he came, when he came to the states, he continued DJing because he was a DJ from back in Guatemala. Okay. And so he came over, and when he did, he bought more equipment, and he got pretty big. Where like he also had his lights. And I don't know how everything kind of came to be. I think um, I was like very young. I was like six, seven years old, maybe eight. I don't remember, but I, I just remember that I would I would uh, join him to his parties. And all I wanted to do was just control the lights, because for me, like that was captivating. Sure. Like, just like to see the lights and like just to be that light control person, like controlling everything. Yeah. That's all I cared about. So I would just join him for, like on the parties just to control that. And then, um, like, sometimes, like, uh, my mom would tell my dad, like, hey, like, I don't think you should take him because, you know, usually, oh, no, my dad would usually tell my mom that, like, hey, like, uh, it's not that I don't want to take my son, but it's just that sometimes, like, he kind of falls asleep in the parties. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I have to, like, be responsible, like, watching over him while, like, sure. you know, I'm also DJing. I can't do, like, two things at the same time. Exactly. I mean, that would happen, too. So, like, I would fall asleep but eventually. But uh, that was my passion back then. Like, I was just wanting to control the lights. I didn't really yeah. care about, like, music or anything like that. Okay. So did you had ever uh, synchronize lights with the music? Or you were, did was that a thing? Or you just like to play with it? Oh, yeah, dude. I will always try to synchronize, synchronize it with, with the it. music. Yeah. yeah. That has a lot to do with it. I mean, I can just imagine just church dances. The ones that have been, um, in a sense, uh, you know, they dim the lights down and stuff like that. But whenever, the, like, the DJ brings in lights, it has... A pretty significant impact on club how it feels yeah of course you know um and especially i mean a few i have a few names that come to mind when it comes to djs but i mean whenever you've dj'd at church events and stuff lights is something that i've always seen right so how much of a how, how difficult is it to factor everything from music to transitioning to a new song to lights um and I don't ever see you with a mic. Like, what's going on, everybody? I hope you know DJ Ugo in the building. You know, like, is it something that's not you're not too big on, or you just let the music do the do the talking? Or that's just me right there. Yeah, okay. I let the music do the talking. Okay. Uh, so one of the reasons why I don't really MC that's called MCing. Like, yeah. you know, giving like the 
the shout outs sure. and all that. Like, mm, it's not really my style, but other than that, it's also because, like, I don't really know what to say. I'm kind of like... Um, a little more I introvert. Just, I that? just, yeah, I'm a sure. little bit more introverted. Yeah, you know? so I get that. I don't that. really, like, uh, speak out or anything. Because, okay. like, I don't know, for me, like, like I don't even want to hear my own voice, you know? <laughs> I, I <laughs> so, get that. Like, Some people are like that. Um, I can definitely remember, like, as a child, like, whenever I would hear recordings of my own voice i'd be like that's not me and it's awkward and you're embarrassed you know <laughs> um and nowadays when like especially shooting a podcast like sometimes i'm like is that me that sounds like, <laughs> freaking weird you know oh, i can yeah. definitely relate to that dude um so i mean you talked about your father djing um i mean is this something you did while you were in high school did you dj at parties or yeah I did. you did okay yeah. so so the people party- knew that about you then they knew that you were yeah that that's like I mean, I don't like to brag or boast or anything, but yeah. this was kind of like, that's what I'm known for, like, throughout, like, the whole state. Okay. And, like, for my wars. Sure. Like, that I was the DJ for the ward and, like, the DJ for the stake, too, and that's why, like, they usually kind of, like, call me and, like, they ask me, like, hey, like, you know, we have a youth dance or, you know, some type of stake dance, like, could you play music? Yeah. But I was also popular in my ward, too, because, like, I was a DJ, so they would ask me to play music for them, and my first party that I ever did, um, I was 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a house party. It was for um, Los Los Flores. So Antonio Carlos. Ah, okay. You know, I think it was a Antonio's uh, birthday party or something like that. Sure. But I just remember it was a house party. And during that time, like I was still um, with my dad. So my dad, he would just join me, like uh, playing music for them yeah. or just going to houses and everything. Because it was just me and him together. Yeah. Like we were just like the duo. Sure. And then, like, on that day, he's like, hey, like, you know what? Like, I got to go home. Like, I'm kind of tired and, like, I'm getting too old for this. So I'm going to just leave you here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to just go home. And, like, so when you're done, just call me and I'll go pick you up. And I'm like, what? Like, don't leave me. Like, so there was a sense of panic for your first time alone. It really was, man. Because, yeah. like, I'm like, dang, like, this is my first time. Like, yeah. Uh, it was, like, overwhelming. I'm like, dang. Like, I can I imagine. Little, I was a little afraid, you know. But So, so in that scenario um that's a perfect scenario so like it's with church members but they're friends you've known them for a while right? yeah they're yeah we were friends and so did you did you have this sense of like it's okay to disappoint maybe if i'm not that good or no, no. so do you, you 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 wanted perfection yes and yeah okay so maybe not perfectionist but you didn't want to let them down yeah i understand yeah because like in the end, like, we are entertainers. Like, all what people want is they just want to be entertained. Yes. So if you're not doing your job um, by making them dance, like, being them on a dance floor, like, you're not doing your job. Yes. And that's usually, like, what my dad always tells me. Like, um, my dad, he's very, like, very critical of me. Like, for him, like, I'm not trying to, like, bash on him or anything, but, like, he's always... There's always something to say of, yes. like, every party that I play. And he's sure. like, man, you could have done this better. Yeah. Like, why don't you play this song? Like, sometimes I feel like, you know, for him, like, I'm not, I'm never good enough or something yeah. like that, you know? But that can be hard. I like it. Yeah, it can be hard. But at the same time, like, I try on my best not to take it personal because yes. I do like feedback too. You need that and feedback. Exactly. Yeah. And like, maybe um, the reason why um, I'm good today is because of those things that he would tell me, you know, like, I guess you have that mindset always constantly, like, you know, what can I always improve? What can I always do better? And since he would always be like the first person to say uh, say things about me, like I guess that's what got me to this point to like you know be really great on what I do. Be critical, yeah. yeah. Be be honest about your work. Yeah, it's a good point. I can definitely say the same thing. Like with with my dad, I mean, 
Um, whenever it came to working on something, he needed an extra pair of hands. Um, if I disappointed him, um, he would let me know. And it sucked because you, you, you want that validation from your father. Exactly. But he has to be critical because he's teaching you how to be self-sufficient, how to be honest, right? And there's going to come a point where, I mean, I'm starting to realize this now. I mean, I just turned 30, right? There comes a point where it's like, Dad, I love you, but I did what I think is best. Yeah. And so there's going to no longer be this sense of I need to satisfy my father. It's I need to satisfy myself now. Exactly. Right? So, um, yeah, I, I like that, man. And, and, I mean, you're DJing on your own, too, now. You know, yeah. so, I mean, it had to come a point where I'm happy with my work. Right. Exactly. So that's awesome, man. Tell me about your mother. What's it like? Uh, what's she like? I've met her plenty of times. And um, your mother actually knows my family, but she knows my uncles a lot more. Oh, really? um, my uncle Hugo and uncle Miguel, they live in Utah. Well, one of them lives in Utah. The other one lives in Washington State now. But whenever they lived in Houston, your mother, when I've met her, she's like, I know your uncles very well. Dude, I did not know Went that. to high school together, I believe, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dang. So what's uh, I mean, what's uh, the mother aspect in your life? Like, does she, um, you know, does she teach you some things as a kid? Was she impatient with you? Was she? <laughs> was she? Um, well, I'm the I'm the youngest of my family. And okay, I'm the only boy, so like you can already imagine, like I'm the I'm the consentido. You know? Sure. The, so you are spoiled a little more. Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, you know, being the youngest, you do kind of have like you live through life a little bit more harder because like um you do have like that type of that uh that chip on your shoulder exactly yeah I so, understand. you know she kind of gives me those type of things not anymore like now like like Constantia is my niece and like yeah. Oh, even, yeah even before that like there was already a time whenever my my parents they split up when i was living with my dad and, like you know i had to learn to become independent then yeah so i had to learn how to cook learn how to take care of myself you know just like go out on the ball and yeah. that was when I was like in, in ninth grade, whenever I started, when I moved with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was in ninth grade. So the so your mother, um, in a sense, spoiled you up until a point. Uh, what are some things that she she would always teach you, I guess? Um, with, with her, um, she teaches me a lot about like, mm, like dating relationships. Okay. Especially more than now. Um, than ever because that's kind of like the point where like we're all at right now sure yeah and um, you know I usually like to ask my parents like things like um, I ask them for their feedback and like you know where did it where did how did they go wrong and like why did it get to the point where it is now so you know I like to hear both of their stories on like what my mom didn't like about my dad and what my dad didn't Mm. like about my mom and vice versa and so I hear both their both their points of view yeah. And like if you really listen, it gets really interesting that like um the reason why they are the way they are is because of um uh, of their parents and their mm-hmm. childhood, the way how they grew up. So I was able to see that and I was able to analyze like each each um each of my parents' perspective yeah. on like sure. the reason why they are they are. And like just connecting the dots where I was able to see like, okay, well, in the, in the very beginning, you know, there was already kind of like, you know, some differences. Sure. And like, you know, I guess it was just like a, a time bomb that was going to eventually happen of like, yeah. you know, them being separated. So, but like, you know, nobody expects that though, you know, it just of course. like, it's not something planned or like something that like, like 
you you waited for happen yeah you know it's just something that like it just happens yeah i don't know where exactly i can imagine so i mean with all that going on because i mean I, i've i've known of your family like i remember seeing Susie at youth conferences as like <laughs> you know being in the youth um so i can imagine you were doing the same right like you were going through um youth conference and and you know young men's i'm sure you probably went to seminary right yeah. So how much of an impact did the gospel have in your life at that point before the mission? Dang. So <clears throat> when I was with my, with my dad, um, I think that's when I started getting more closer to God. Okay. Because I was kind of going through a rough time. I was just like suffering through um, a lot of things, going sure. through like a lot of emotions. Yeah. And, um, and it was just me and him and like, that's when I remembered that. That's when I started to read the Book of Mormon a lot. Mm. And uh, there was this, uh, I think, I, I was also attending mission prep too. Mm. And during that time, it was Los Bautistas who were our teachers. And then also Los Rios Lazos too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think our first mission prep teachers were Los Bautistas from Ocrest. Well, yeah. I don't think they're in Ocrest anymore. I don't know where at, but No, I don't think so. But they were they were super awesome. And I think they gave us this uh, this paper where like uh, it says a libro de Ramon and like on each letter as like uh, uh, a book and like a prophet from each book in the Book of Mormon and then it has all the all the chapters in there and like what you're supposed to do is just like once you're done reading the chapter like you just kind of color it, it and you fill it out yeah and then in the very end you're supposed to color everything where it says um, I have read the Book of Mormon yeah yeah so they gave me one of those and you know with that like uh i was reading the book of mormon and obviously like the things that i was going through that's kind of like what what pushed me uh what motivated me to to read the book of mormon and it is really true what like um what Amos says in the book of mormon like you know usually like you know we're kind of going through rough times or something like bad is happening to us and that's when we usually kind of like we seek god during those times yeah and like for sure that's what was happening to me yeah and so i already read the book of mormon before reading uh going to the mission and also me praying to the lord if i was supposed to go to the mission that's where i was i, I got that answer too and that's where i felt like yeah like i should really go you know there's people there waiting for me like i felt their 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 prayers and i felt like you know those people that they were asking for me so I already had like a good, um, a good, firm, you know, fair enough testimony of the Book of Mormon. Nice. And, you know, a good relationship with the Lord. And, you know, with that, that was just like, that was just sufficient for me to go to the mission. I don't think I, didn't, I needed anything else. But it would have been great if I would have like learned more things or had more testimonies about um, things of the gospel. Because, you know, like when you go to the mission, like right. the more you know of what you don't know. Sure. <laughs> So you kind of like, uh, you start suffering on those things and you start questioning yourself that like, man, like, I don't think I'm not good enough because, you know, I never did this principle back at the house. So it's kind of yeah. hard for me to develop this certain testimony. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all go go through that when whenever we're a missionary. We're very like, yeah. we're very critical in ourselves and like, yes. we always think like we're never good enough. But um, I don't think I never went through those type of problems, to be honest, because I always knew like I had a firm testimony of the Book of Mormon because I made sure like. I read it like really 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 good like really well and like it was already like embedded to me and i already had like scriptures memorized and like you know just stories that it impacted me a lot so like i don't think um i i try my best not to like let that 
um, damage my worth, you know, as a missionary. Yeah, I like that. Um, the I think the mission is a perfect opportunity where we learn like accountability, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember going into the MTC and um, going to the mission field, and and I had gone out with missionaries plenty of times, you know, and I felt confident that I could speak with people and I could converse with people, but you're i mean from day one you're pretty much dumbstruck like this is real life right (laughs) and um it really does humble you right because you have to understand that you can't rely on personal experiences i mean you it's a good thing but when you learn to rely on the spirit that's ultimately the best like defining moment of yourself right because you're teaching them what the savior would teach them or what god would teach them but um, if you're just going on off the top of your head with knowledge, your personal knowledge, like sometimes it doesn't work, you know, yeah. as good as it does. Right. For sure. So, um, give, talk to me about your friends. What kind of friends did you have, uh, before the mission? Dang. So I didn't really have too many friends. I probably had like, uh, two or three from high school. And, um, uh, like, who were your go-to friends? Uh, like, is there, is there, is there like a, I mean, I'm sure you had a phone at that time. Like, who's your go-to? Like, hey man, I had my sisters hand me down. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you have like a go-to friend to where it was like, I can rely on this guy to let somehow see each other or hang out or whatever? Yeah, I mean, if more than anything, like, I'm not not saying this in like in a boastful manner, but usually I was the person that, like, I would like make it happen, you know, hmm. like. Make them come over and like, yeah. hey, like let's do some pizza, yeah, or um, like let's go to the park or you know something. And usually yeah. they would be the ones to come to me, yeah. So, like they would like to hang out with me. We would play PlayStation, things like that. Nice. So the friends that I would hang out with. So, um, dang, I'm trying to remember um, how he even came to my life. I just remember his name, Daniel, and his brother Jesse. So uh, I had a good friend named Daniel, and he was a member of the church. He came from Honduras. And uh, he was living, like, you know, somewhat close around my neighborhood. He was, like, you know, not not that far. And he came to church one day, and that's how I met him. And then from there, we just became, like, really close. And um, my mom became really close to him, too. And she saw that he was a good influence, you know, like, he was a good kid. But he's not he's not a member of the church. He was a member of the church. He was. Yeah, so he got baptized in Honduras. Oh, that's so right. You said when that. he when he came over to the states, um, he kept on coming to church, and the family that he was living with. I'm trying to understand his situation too. I think his he came with his his dad, I believe, um, and then his stepbrother. Um, it was through his his stepmom. Yeah. So I don't know how to. So you're yeah. Th- I mean, they're they're step siblings. Yeah. Step siblings. Yeah. 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 And gotcha. so through him, that's when I get I got to know his brother Jesse. Yeah. And me and Jesse like we were like really good friends. So y'all clicked. It's pretty interesting too, because like back then, like before I knew who he was, um, like when when it came to like um him being his brother, I didn't know that before. I just remember back in like in high school, uh, our first interactions with him. Like, it weren't so great. Like, we hated each other. <laughs> I didn't like him at all. <laughs> and he didn't like me. You know, there was also, I think there was one day, like, we were about to fight. Because, I don't know, it was just like, 
you know, it's just high school. We just fight over like just like you know stupid things. Yeah. And like I don't know what we're talking about or like what was going on, but I just know like I just don't like this kid at all. I'm, like yeah. What the heck? Like. And that's normal like to have. I mean, <laughs> I mean, sometimes people just don't rub each other the right way, you know. Um, but I guess if if you're friends with the the stepbrother, then you're gonna come into those kind of altercations where you see him. So right? I started I started getting closer to him because it was um he was a stepbrother of, of daniel yeah of course but like of all like of all the odds and like in the in the world like who would have thought like you know yeah. it was his stepbrother right so like obviously like you know later down in life you know like we would have some type of interaction you would click yeah but little did i know that he would end up becoming like one of my best friends growing up so what was the defining moment of like he's a good friend like was it one common interest or was it you kind of got past each other's like pet peeves or yeah we did yeah okay. like in the end we just kind of like he's a very forgiving person like mm. he was he's very dang like um so one of his attributes that I, I admired from him so much was like he was just very like he doesn't hold it against you like yeah. he's kind of quick to forgive that's awesome like if i did something no if he did something to me um and i didn't like it he'd be like i'm sorry Hugo. like he's just very like humble he's like that humble type yeah <laughs> It's just kind of crazy. I'm like, dang, like, what the heck? Like, I didn't expect that from you. But I think during that time, like, he was also going through some rough things. And, like, he would come over to my house a lot because he didn't want to be with his family. Mm. So, yeah, that's hard, you know, man. I kind of just, like, took him under my wing, too. Yeah, like, I mean. And, like, we were both going through the same thing, too, because, like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really comfortable. Like, like um, at an early age, I was just kind of, like, you know just you know taking care of him you know i'm like hey like this let's go do things like hey if you don't want to be in your house that's fine like just come over you know we'll, yeah we'll do something like we'll have some fun like yeah whatever whatever it'll be like you know like we'll talk about dating we'll talk about girls or something like that yeah you know just like just try to like you know I guess, get like, away get yeah. away from your problems or that yeah because like when you're a kid growing up and like you go through those things it's hard it can be yeah it's definitely really hard man like and i like the times are just going like even more worse now. So, yeah, like yeah, I'm so glad that I had him as a friend, but and hopefully you know he could say the same thing about me too. At that time, right? Like, Definitely. He's probably glad that I had him as a friend too. So what? What? Um, I guess your escapes were music. Yeah, for your sure. Your friends. Oh yeah. I'm sure the gospel. Do you have a go-to hobby where it's like you don't need anybody else and you could just do something? You know. Oh, that was DJing. But, like. <laughs> so besides DJing, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Just DJing. Interesting. <clears throat> so did you ever have a sport? Did you ever have an instrument that you played? Did you ever, um, I don't know, puzzles or anything, riddles, anything like that? That would, like, that would, um, music producing, that would, that, that would come in. So that was your go-to thing, yeah. music producing. Music producing and DJing. So this is something, obviously, you're up late at night doing this stuff. Yep. Um, you're playing music often. Um what uh i mean you also read your scriptures um i'm trying to get a sense of like what what are your other hobbies what what's something else that you diversify yourself in but it looks like that's about it huh? back back then or now oh well back then because i mean this is this is before you go on a mission yeah you're trying to find yourself you're i mean because we're finding ourselves always right oh, but yeah. in and in, in those ages when i'm when i was before high school I wanted to do so many things. I wanted to learn to play all different kind of sports. Um, I played an instrument up until high school, but I mean, I, I mean, I took a hotel and restaurant management class. <laughs> I mean, I was doing so many things to kind of see, well, what the freak do I like, right? Yeah. Um, 
what are some things that I guess you tried and you failed at maybe? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried doing swimming back in high school. I kind of failed at that miserably. Like I didn't know it was going to be that hard. So <laughs> swimming, that's a good one. What, um, I mean, what was, did you like go to just one practice? Did you uh, try out for a week or? So <clears throat> I'm pretty like, I don't know if stubborn is the word, but I'm pretty determined. I think that's the word. Okay. Like if I do something like, and I'm not that good at it. Like I will, I will stick to it until yeah. like, until the very end, even if I'm not good. Hmm. Um, but I will try my best to like develop myself to become a little bit better. Okay. But apparently like when you try out for the swimming team in high school, they already require you to know like to swim, sure. like, to be like, you know, at least like an average swimmer. Yeah. But me, like, I didn't know anything. So, right. you know, they couldn't take the time to like sure. show me the ropes, you know? Yeah. It was already like kind of like in a competitive it, level. So. It was like a no because we're, if you can't even meet these requirements. Exactly. Yeah. So that can be discouraging as yeah. a young man. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with that. So I, I can imagine. I had to do something else. But do you still swim? I mean, do you know how to swim? I know how to swim, but okay. swimming is not like a sport. I did cross country during high school. Okay. Yeah. What was that like? <clears throat> so in middle school when i was in seventh grade i did cross country more of like being competitive okay like, i usually come up like in the top 20 out of like i don't know how many kids like we could say like 50 60 kids something yeah. like that so i'd be like somewhere in the top 20 and then high school uh high school i just did it like just to kill time i wasn't really serious about it like, okay i didn't really have like that mentality like to be competitive i just did it like <laughs> just to lose weight <laughs> to do something and lose yeah weight. just sure. to do something keep my mind busy that's good man. i just don't want to be reasons. at the house you know yeah that's awesome that's awesome man so um give me uh give me the experience of when it was like i'm going on a mission i've decided or the you know the holy ghost has confirmed to me this is what i have to do or what was that decision like um so i already knew that there were people waiting for me so okay you know with that conviction i took that to heart and like we already know man like missions like they're not easy dude like at all they're very hard and like it could be very discouraging you know we both i mean we all suffer physically mentally emotionally yeah um spiritually yeah too. you start to doubt the lord you start to doubt the gospel you start to doubt his blessings yep you start to doubt god even if he's real and that's kind of interesting too because you know, yeah like, we're a missionary we're supposed to represent god yes but we're here in the mission we're we're starting to doubt god like what the heck yeah <laughs> but that but, happens too but then what i'm trying to get at is you decide to go on a mission is it because you i mean you got that information through a patriarchal blessing was it because you've just prayed and you just know that there's a purpose for you out there? Yeah, I already, I already knew like I had a purpose. Gotcha. So gotcha. Um, when it came to a mission, that was my conviction. Nice. Yeah, but in my practical blessing, I did say that like the Lord prepared a mission for me even before coming upon this earth. That's awesome. So that was one of the things that um, I promised Him to do in the in the the premortal life. Yeah. So, yeah, but that wasn't the reason why I went to the mission because I got my practical blessing in the process mm -hmm. of already me about to leave my Same mission. For me. So I yeah. didn't <laughs> I didn't get it when I was like 14 or 15. I don't yeah. even know what's the age limit. Like, I think it's 12. I really? might be 12 or 13. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty young. But yeah, yeah I, I got me. it when I was 19, dude. <laughs> I got mine when I was 19. Yeah, exactly. And I had my calling and I it was um, 
I got my patriarchal blessing on a Monday afternoon uh, at the Canyon Lakes building, actually. Oh, nice. And okay. then that same day, um, we had FHA at my house, just hung out. Um, Tuesday, uh, my family, for some reason, wanted to spend the whole day at the temple. And in my mind, I'm like, what? Like, above everything, you want to be at the temple all day? Like, don't <laughs> you want to spend time with family, eat some food or something? But... That's what mom and dad wanted. So we all went to the temple. We did like three or four endowments that day. By the second one, I was like, yo, I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, too and, much and I'm falling asleep during this thing. Um, but they were like, it's okay. We're going to go eat after this. you know. But it's like we did it. We were there the whole day. I don't know what the mindset was like of like, let's be here all day. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Anyway, so we did that. And I got set apart that night. The whole family was there. And then the next day... Wednesday morning, me and my sister Betty, we left because Betty and I left the same day. Mm. So we were at the airport around like 5 a.m. And wow. actually, Yancey's brother Lewis was there too. Oh wow! Because uh, he was leaving the same day, so we all flew out the same day. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Dang. But um, anywho, uh, so talk to me about when you put your mission papers in. And you're waiting for your call. Did you have any trials come up or anything discouraging? Um, I think I did because uh, when I was with my dad, like I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. Yeah, and so this is where Susie comes in. Hmm. Um, big shout out to Susie. I love Susie so much, man. Susie supported me so much. I can imagine. Um, because when she came back from her mission, she made it one of her missions when she came back. Uh, to to help me to go to my mission. Yeah, and so yeah, like. She she already did. She made it happen, and you know she she did everything she could to help me out. And my mom too. Susie would tell me that my mom would fast and she would pray for me too because she knew that when I was with my dad, like I was going through some rough things, you know, some hard some hard times. And so, you know, you know, thank the Lord for my mom that she was fasting and praying for me, which I didn't even know because I wasn't in with him at all. But yeah. I think with that, that's kind of like what made me. Uh, uh, draw myself close to God and you know to start to read the Book of Mormon and which ended up me having a, uh, a testimony about it so um, You know with that then like so see she She was she was really there. She was very supportive I'm trying to remember like in what things she did help me with uh, I know she paid like like a good amount for the mission too. I think wow. she paid like almost half or something like that That's crazy. That's awesome. And like she did like I don't know. I, she was like my 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 spiritual Backbone. mentor. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine because you know she's she's like fresh off the mission, so like of you know obviously you know you're gonna be like um, this strong spiritual person, especially like you're an RM and you're fresh out the field from the field, and you know she was kind of motivating me to get my mission. So, um, like I already I already thank the Lord for her because if it weren't for her and my dad too, you know, thank him. But more than anyone, it was Susie. Like, Susie nice. will always receive, like, majority of the credit, like, for all this. Nice. Uh, in a way, like, it was it was her that made it possible for me to go to my mission. Yeah, man, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, Susie, Susie was involved in so much of, like, um, the YSA whenever I, I had gone back from my mission. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> once, because before we met, we had started this branch, as you remember, you were there. We had a group thing yeah. going. Um, I was 18 and the group we didn't meet on Sundays we were everything the branch is right now Houston we just did, we just didn't meet 
uh, for sacrament meeting or anything. We had firesides, we had dances, we yeah, had volleyball, volleyball we had an institute, we had basketball, we had everything. Um, basketball was more common back then. The difference was that we didn't have sacrament meeting together, and that's something we were, we were trying to get, right? Um, and then finally we had gotten it approved, and um, once we became a branch, everything was just 10x after that, because we had a consistent number of people that we saw regularly for YSA, and then finally, when we became a branch, it's like, we're the elders quorum presidents, we're the society presidents, we're everything, you know? And that brought a huge change within the stake at the time because I think everybody, you know, wanted that. Um, and Susie never saw that, but Susie was definitely part of what the reason behind we became a stake at some point. She was a mentor to a lot of people. And my, my little sister, Peter, talks about how she was a good mentor to her too. And actually when PETA got her mission call, she was here for that. You know, she was, I think she was even like the mission prep teacher for, for a good time. I think she was too. Yeah. yeah. yeah she so was. she had so That's much right. to do with, uh, with church, with the church, with, you know, the YSA in our stake. I mean, for those of you that are listening who don't know anything about who Susie Sorin is, a huge reason of why we're all here is because of her efforts, you know? Um, her, who else was here? Uh, Liz Ayala was part of that. Julio was a part of that. Um, there was a lot of us who were, who were, you know, there at the time who saw all this play through. Yancey was there. Um, so yeah, man, that's awesome. So you get your mission call. You're going to Mexico City. What mission? Mexico City North. North. Um, first impressions. What did you think of that? Um, <clears throat> It was the same thing what Hermano Galindo told me because um, he served his mission in Mexico too. Hmm. So his words are my words. And he pretty much said like when he looked down from the window and I had a I had the edge of the Yeah, the valley of the of the of the of the plane when I was still. Oh, playing. okay. Sure. And I saw I looked down like on the like below me and I saw like so many houses like all crammed yeah. up together. I'm like, oh my gosh, yep. like all these people man like yep. you know like there's just so many people here and like everybody's like so like all they just, together they just live like, on top of each other it's just there. overwhelming like, yeah there's just so many people i'm like man like i'm supposed to be like in charge of all these people like exactly dang, that's crazy it is crazy mexico city's like at, i went there when i went to mexico recently and there is no like oh let's try to beat traffic there's traffic <laughs> It doesn't matter what time of day. There's going to be traffic. Um, there's people that are in a rush. There's people who don't care about you when it comes to driving. They care about getting to their, their destination, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the houses, it's like houses stacked up on top of other houses, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of people there. It can be pretty um, intimidating if you're not from that culture. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. man, for sure. So, um, but you've only lived in Houston, correct? Yeah. So... What was that uh, experience like? Because did you go to the Mexico MTC or were you in Provo? Uh, I was in Provo, Provo, which is pretty interesting. Like, I don't know how, like, they told me, like, to go to Provo MTC and then from there, like, to go to Mexico when I could right. just cut a gun to Mexico. But did you, um, <laughs> did you ever have a moment where you're, where you doubted your, your mission or you doubted your call or did you, you know, what am I doing here kind of thing? Um... I think I did whenever we weren't receiving baptisms because usually whenever like we don't receive baptisms that's like the 
Um, that's why you're there. That's the mentality that you you do get. Like, yeah, you start doubting your purpose. Yeah, yeah, everything. You, it's 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 pretty interesting how we kind of uh, we correlate our 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 spiritual um, what's it called? Like yeah. our spiritual progress to like of our course. success. Exactly. Which, you know, it shouldn't. You know, it shouldn't do that. You should already it doesn't know. Exist, you know, right? Absolutely. So you you have. Um, you're in Mexico City. I mean, did you get along with all your companions pretty well? Almost everybody, Almost just everybody. except for two. <laughs> yeah, give me their names and where they're from. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so okay, so the first one was Elder Castillo. He was from Chalco. From where? From Chalco, Mexico. So Chalco is like, um, I've like never heard an hour that. and thirty minute drive from, uh, from where we were at uh-huh. our mission. So I'm like, oh man, like, so did they send you into comedy or something? <laughs> yeah, because he didn't defy, you know, he was just already there. So it's like, just imagine it's like bus ride. The, the Dallas, Houston, the Dallas mission, you know, yeah. like from Houston to Dallas, like you got to take no plane right. So what was, what was his, I mean. So with him, it was hard because um, he was one of the ones that were, that was like a laid back missionary. So first, okay. first, let me tell you like how I was as a missionary. Okay. Like I wasn't like, like a Pharisee, like as in like, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, for the people that don't know, a Pharisee is like a person is like you know overly you know strict, critical like very, of the yes, very super exaggerated and like yes, you know back in Old Testament times that like if you would put an egg near a fire, like you're already saying because you're already cooking like on the right. seventh day. So yeah, there, we we do have Pharisees like in the mission, but all what I wanted to do and all what I wanted to be was just be obedient and yeah, like just says just just what preach my gospel says, you know, obey con um, exactly good yeah. And that's all I wanted to do because I, I am that person. I try to be like obedient as I as I can as a person, like in, in anything. Like so, you like structure. You like. Uh, I try my best to obey. Yeah, because I know like um, blessings come from it, and even if I don't receive any blessings, like it's okay. Like, like I'll still obey. You anyways. live within the rules of of what was instructed to you. Yeah, because mm. you know, thank God for for my mission. Because um, if there's anything that I got from it, is you know to obey um rules um that you're not sure why they're there or Hmm. like you know it doesn't make sense to you you know just just do it you know just obey even though you don't know the reason why yeah so that's what i got from it so with that um i got that type of mentality when i came back home and i try my best to live that way too but like um i obviously wasn't like that in the mission (laughs) because you you always want to know why i'm like i mean this stupid rule like you know we can't we can't do this because of this and like you know we have to obey it yeah so edward castillo he was like well we're gonna do it anyways because i don't see a problem with that and yeah. you know it's not it's not that big so we're gonna right. do it and so, i'm over here like you know we can't man like exactly says it like you know it's there for a reason even though we don't know why or yeah. maybe if it's like something kind of like you know mediocre maybe it's not something like very offensive or big big deal but like, it's, it's a rule just, yeah it's a rule yeah. so i was that type of missionary yeah and you know obviously like i wasn't going to get along with a lot of people yeah and some of the members of the church they were pretty angry with me too because yeah. um they knew who i was and i was um striving to be you know that type of missionary so i really make a lot of friends like yeah <laughs> and, and like with some members of the church because yeah. They were like, uh, man, well, like, you know, they, they took it personal. That's the thing. Yes. And that was their problem. They took it personal. And they thought, like, it was uh, coming from me because I wanted it to to be that way. Right. But uh, one thing that I wanted them to understand was it was not me. It's it's what the Lord said, you know? Right. 
like it's the mission rules and if you say it for a reason then like it's there and like i don't know all things i wish i did because if i did i could tell you yeah but if the rules are there you know like they're there for a reason man yeah and you know i'm gonna be- try my best to do everything in my power to obey them so yeah i, I was- like that i really like that because i i can sincerely say that i used i was like that for a very long time on my mission where um I didn't care so much what people thought of me. I cared about what the Lord thought of me, right? Exactly. But there came a point where I came across a missionary named Elder Figueroa. I think I learned the most of him um, when it came to personality because I was a lot more structure, a lot more. Um, it says I have to be proselyting, so I'm going to go proselyte. It says that uh, my dinner is only supposed to be an hour. So and within the hour, I have to be out of here because I have to go back to work, yeah. right? I'm not on my time i'm on the lord's time you know and so i i tried my best to do those things that are asked of me and there came a point where um when i came across elder figueroa he was he was a lot more um lenient in a sense of like bro you want to come to somebody's house and teach them lesson one like are you crazy like they have no idea who you are (laughs) And so he tried to create friendships with people before he was a missionary. Um, And I and I had like a lot of issues with that because I'm like, this isn't make friends and baptize them because, you know, we're supposed to simply preach the gospel and then the members become their friends. And and no matter how many different ways you look at it, you're going to come across uh, differences like different differences with your companions right it's conversing and a little give and take where you where you can be in harmony right even if it means disagreeing even if it means we're not being 100 percent obedient to the rules i took it as i i'd rather have the spirit than everyone's upset at me because i'm trying to follow the rules yeah and the reason because anytime there's contention the spirit of contention it you, cre- teach. you you can never you can try to teach but even if even if you have the spirit because you're doing the right thing nobody else in the world bec- <laughs> in in the room is receiving your words because they're upset yeah you know and that happened to me so many times i mean i had a I had a companion who i just never got along with you know um sorry and I remember teaching lessons and it was like I was speaking bricks, like <laughs> bricks come out of my mouth and they just land on the floor and it's like horrible. You know, like I'm, my words have no power. There's no compassion. It's just a bunch of words that don't mean anything, you know. Um, and he and I never saw eye to eye and it sucked because I felt like I wasted. All, luckily, we're only getting one transfer. Yeah. But I look back at it like this one transfer that I freaking lost, I don't, you know. But um, I I guess what what I'm trying to get at is it's important to be obedient. I'll never say that it's not important, but if if you really want the trust of the members, if you want you and your companion to have the spirit, you have to at some point give up this this notion of obedience is 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 the standard. Yeah. Um, and the reason is. If we can't even get along because of rules, then our words aren't going to mean anything to these people, you know. And so I learned that a lot from him. Elder Figueroa was so impactful to me, and 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 ever since then I tried to 
be a little more friendly and tell me about your kids, you know, and how old are they? What are their names? Um, People like to talk about themselves. So he was very like, like, what do you do for fun? You know, and what's your favorite food? And people love to talk about themselves. And as they as they talk about themselves, you create this bond of like, I love that food, too. You know, and um, I learned a lot from him. And that's 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 I think one of the reasons why even up to today, I'm I think I feel like I'm okay when it comes to shooting a podcast, but I have I'm pretty good at asking questions to people, you know. Um, so you're you're going through the notion, you're being obedient, which is a, a very good thing. I'm never going to say that it's a bad thing, but you're you're being a very obedient missionary. At one point, did you decide um, uh, what like what what was what was the biggest thing you took out of your mission um oh that's a big one or it doesn't have to be one but give me two or three if if you need to Mm, i guess what i said before you know like um there's gonna be a lot of things in life that um specifically like you know certain commandments of the lord whether it's like you know church rules or even the commandments that we already we already do have and we already do know <laughs> yeah that like we may know we might not know the reason why we should obey them but yeah. we should do it anyways because like you know it's we have to trust and that's where the the trust comes in too mm-hmm. because um i remember I, re- I read somewhere that obedience is correlated to faith and trust because you yes. must put your trust and faith in the lord that these things that he's telling you to do to obey they're for your own good because by the end of the day it's for us it's not for him <laughs> and we have to think yeah. that way too because a lot of people have the mindset of like, oh, I have to do it for the Lord because, you know, it's the Lord, Lord. But, you know, like, it's not him. It's us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, we have it's, everything it's to gain the, from it. It's yeah. for the benefit of us. And that's the way what we have to start thinking. And, like, the moment we, we all try our best to think that way, the more we're, we're going to be a little bit more, you know, uh, receptive to the Lord. And, like, we'll, we'll understand him a little bit better. And more than anything, his love that he has for us. Yeah. I like that, man. You, um... What's it? What's uh, so your? Did you have any leadership positions in your mission? Did you uh, ever? Mm, nah, I was just a compañero mayor, uh, senior companion. Yeah, throughout the whole mission after uh, my trainer left. Okay, I was with him for uh, two transfers. Nice. And after that, I was just senior companion, like throughout the whole mission. Nice. I always wanted to be a district leader, but. Nah, what was it. your what was your favorite <laughs> food to eat there? Oh my gosh, probably uh, chiles rellenos. Chiles rellenos. Yes, we had that oh two days gosh. ago here. They're so yeah. good. Like like the ones that have like beef inside. No, or the ones no, no, with no. cheese. Uh, with queso Oaxaca. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like like the sauce, like the yeah, it's like a tomato sauce kind of layer. Like, it has to yeah. be from there, man. Like yeah. I can't eat it from here. Like <laughs> I'll be sure to invite you sometime when my mother makes it. Actually, Peta made it uh, two days ago. Oh wow! Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> freaking fire. She did, she's a really good cook. She takes after um, you know the rest of the family that like all that stuff we learned from there. Dang. Yeah, you should get together with um, with Peta. Shoot her text sometime, man. Like, hey man, make me this, or or, 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 or I'll invite you sometime. My mother makes it, you know. But um, yeah, man, I love that stuff. So you came home, uh, you picked up DJing again. Yeah. Um, what what else have you done for work related stuff? 
Um, I did. Uh, <clears throat> I think most of my time I've been a teller. Uh, okay. Working at a bank and a credit union. And this is Monday through Friday, or yeah, Monday through Friday type okay. of time. Okay. So this is your primary primary source of income, uh-huh. you would say. Yeah. So do you like do you like it there? Are you moving up? Are you liking it? Do you, is it just like this is my bread and butter? Uh, <laughs> it's an easy task, like uh-huh. you know, um, you know, it's pretty easy to do, but it's not something I'm not passionate about. Sure. Like the way how I am with DJing. How did you get the How did you get that job? Did you apply it or? I just applied. Nice. At that time, I was working at Sam's Club, and I was a, I was a service member attendant, aka cart pusher. <laughs> so you just bring all the carts and back into the store. Yeah. And then uh, there was like a, there was something going on upstairs, and we had uh, some people. They were advertising for free checking accounts. Um, and at that time, it was uh, I didn't know this before, but it was my manager along with uh, one of the one of his um, sales uh, sales reps. So. Um, when when I was taking a look at the the stuff that they were giving out, I asked him like, "Hey, like, are you guys hiring?" Yeah. And he's like, "Well, like, as a matter of fact, we are. Nice. Like, uh, we're we're having this job affair on uh, next next week or something like that." Yeah. He's like, "It'd be great if you can come because um, well, I so the thing is like, I I must have made a really good impression because the way how like I spoke with him and I interacted, like he really liked me, like who like how yeah. I presented myself and who I was." So he was telling me like, hey, like I want to see you there, and like it'd be great to to see you there because you know you're you're a pretty good guy. Like I like I like you. Nice. I'm like, oh okay. So then I went and um, I came in the suit, and he saw me. He's like, oh man, like you know you're <laughs> you're real, huh? Yeah. Like you know you you really want this job? And I'm like, well, I mean, I wanna I wanna check it out. I wanna see if this is for me. Yeah. So he remembered who I was when I got there. So you know that was great. And then from there, like. He gave me the job, and then from there, I was good. I nice. That's awesome, man. Impressions do make an, an impact anytime like that. Um, I remember for any job interview, if it's not the suit, it's definitely a tie. <laughs> and it just kind of shows that, you know, it, I you're mean, serious it, about it. you're serious about it, but it also shows that you, you can dress the part, you know, whatever the dress code is that they know you're willing to comply and that they won't have anything to, like, you know, worry when it comes to dress code or you're going to be a you know, a hassle or something, you know, um, but you're still DJing. You're still pretty much a part of the DJ scene, especially in the oh, state. A lot of people, you know, know you. <laughs> um, what, uh, how much of an impact does your own personal mixes? Um, and like, cause everybody wants to listen to like cumbias and bachatas and merengues and yeah. salsas and stuff. And, but you also want to, you know, there are some of what you're working on in there too, right? Because yeah. I mean, you also, you know, you make music, yeah. right? Um, how much in in your mind? I guess whenever you're gonna start putting your mixes in, how much is your percentage wise of how much you want to play your own personal music? Um, dang. So that's a uh, that's one of my biggest uh, ambitions. Okay, like to make my own music. Yes, which I do, but it's more like just like you know, like. Uh, pretty much like the beats I'm about to give you, like kind of like just for fun, yeah, you know, just like to mess around. But there's some songs that like I have been like really serious thinking about, like, hey, I should give this to like some like certain like music producers that I know, and like, yeah, um, this like small little music producer community that you know we all share in SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where most that's where and that's where the uh, little baby was was found. Oh like, yeah, through SoundCloud, a yeah. lot of, a lot of new artists like they just put their music on SoundCloud and if you get, generate a lot of listeners. 
then you could go mainstream. Dude, that's how I found Bad Bunny. And yeah. that's why I was like, man, like, who is this guy? Like, he sounds terrible. And like, I don't like his voice. <laughs> I don't like the way how he sings. <laughs> yeah, if I'm honest, I didn't like that guy at first when I started listening to his music. Really? Yeah, because he was, stuff was trash. He was like, underrated back then. Like, I think uh, he first started with uh, with uh, Trap Beats. Yeah. Um, before he that's what it into, was. Like, a yeah. I'm like, man, like, like I don't like his voice. Like, who the I heck don't. is he? I'm like, I don't think he's going to get big. Like, no. what the heck? He's going to stay down here forever. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't believe the hype. I think people hopped on the hype because it's the cool thing to do. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a new artist. He's cool, whatever. But I just, I've never been that person to like hop on the trend. Yeah. If 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 it does impact me, then I will. But if it doesn't, like, I'll be the first one. Yeah, that guy sucks. You know, I'm sorry, <laughs> to let everybody down. And I, I'll say that now, some of his music is better. Yeah. But the first stuff that went like what everybody was hopping on for that guy, I was like, nah. Yeah. This guy doesn't get a pass for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so this is where the part of like making connections comes in because he, what I believe, what happened and how it happened, um, is like for sure he he did a collab with Cardi B. Um, oh song, yeah, I like it like that. Yeah, like, I like it like that. And then from there, like uh, he, that's that was his song where what made him blew up. But it, but that if he if he talked to people who listen to hip hop music. They don't go listen to Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. The who gained more from that was Cardi, because people who gain more are hip hip hop people who who can cross over. Yeah, you know, like uh, like Post Malone is one. Obviously, he does hip hop, but like Cardi does that. Migos have done that because they want that. They want people to listen to them in the Hispanic community. They want that thing, right? So. If if you ask Hispanic people who Migos are, they're gonna tell you we know who who we who they are. But if you ask black people, if you ask people who listen to hip hop, who I mean Manuel Turizo is, they're not gonna know who he is because he hasn't crossed over. He hasn't he doesn't need that connection from them. So it's the other way around. Sometimes hip hop people, hip hop artists, I'll say, they look for the bad bunny, the Romel Santos. They look for uh, somebody that's gonna help them more exposure. Ten x, right? Ten times the, the 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 amount of listeners. Oh yeah. Somebody who's done that since the weekend when he did a song with uh, was it Rake? I um, think so. Yeah, right. I think so. The weekend's done that. Um, even like uh, Nicki Minaj has done that. Yeah, you know, with some Hispanics. Uh, yeah, reggaeton singers. So <laughs> I I like how 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 the the cultures are mixing. It's really good. Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, um, I don't know. I just don't like to hop on trends, you know, like, like, like if something's trash to you, just say it's trash. You know, <laughs> like not everybody has to agree, you know? Yeah. I like that too. I get yeah. hype about the trend, Yeah, but kind of like, um, like you, like if I'm not feeling it, then obviously I won't continue to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. But I do like the idea of like. Cause you know, being a DJ, we're always looking for like the latest stuff, like the new stuff. Like, okay, yes. like what's new? We're always like, what's next? You know, what's next? What's next? So, like, we have that type of mindset. But just because you know, we we like that feeling. Yes. But just by having that feeling, um, it doesn't mean that like you're gonna like every single little thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. You want to know? You want to get the real good stuff? You know, like the more danceable songs, the ones that you're confident and you know they're gonna be a big hit. Yeah. Um, like I'm not I'm not trying to like. I guess a quick example, like the like the new song from Bad Bunny and Este Aventura. Yeah, like, it's cool. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's it's pretty dope. 
but like I don't think I can't like you know play to that song like at a dance like you know like the the vibe that it has in that song like it's not yeah. it's not something that you would play for like prime time or like sure you, you I, I can only see myself playing that song in like in the very beginning or yeah. in the very end when like the the party is about to like you know, everybody everybody's down, cooling down yeah, yeah people are leaving like like that but that's not a song that I would choose to play like to start it off or like in the middle of the song where it's like prime time. I would never do something like that. So let me ask you this question. If you, um, if you like an artist, right. That nobody else likes. Is that a thing? Do you, can you name an artist that you like that nobody else likes? Mm, I can't think of one right now, but, uh, or let's, let's do it the other way. Let's say there's an artist that everyone likes, but you don't like, are you going to play that artist music? Because it's trendy. Bad Bunny? Oh, yeah. That's your job as a DJ, man. Like, so you, you have, have to give to, the people yeah. what they want, even if you don't like it? Exactly. Yep. Dang, that sucks. Welcome to the DJ yeah, industry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I would hate that, man. Because especially, I mean, like I said, not now, because I do like some of his music. But older music, I'd be like, I ain't playing this crap. Okay, so, so, <laughs> all right. so for the people who are listening, this is because, okay, so we're probably... This is a real truth coming out. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like um this is also gonna be my answer on like whenever people come up to me and they want what's it called? They want like oh song requests. Yes. Alright. So <laughs> here's the thing with song requests. That's a good point, man, because people want to hear what they want to hear, and if you're not playing it, they're gonna come tell you, yo, okay. you need to play this. So I have a rule. Yeah. If more than three people, or sometimes even two, yeah, they tell me to play a certain song, a specific song or a specific genre then I will play that genre. But if it's like only one person that they tell me to play this specific song that like even I don't know about it and like um, majority of the people like they probably don't know about it either. Like I'm never going to play that song like ever because that's just something that they want to play. And here's the thing, dude, because like from experience and this is like real 100% DJ experience. Yes. Most of the time, the song that they want me to play. Yeah. Whenever you play that song. Yeah. They don't even dance to that song that they ask for you to play. Okay. So it's like, man, we're like, what the heck? So, so, so somebody wants the song that you're playing, but when they see that that the crowd isn't responding to it, they get because the person who asked for it obviously wants to dance it, right? So if not all the time, they just want yeah. they just want to hear it. That's the thing. So they just want to hear it. Yeah, most of the time they just want to hear it. Give me the example of a song like that. I know you have one in your mind. Say um, it. Um. So uh, some people <laughs> they ask me like. Uh, they asked me for, I remember this one white guy, it was at a YSA dance. Um, he asked me to play this song by, by Travis Scott. But during the time when he was asking me to play, uh, I was playing like bachata or like merengue. It was like yeah. prime time, man. It was it's like, not, of course, it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Of course. You know, we're like, it's like prime time. Like, yeah, dude, I can't play this song like of in course. the middle of like not prime right time, now. dude. Like, yeah. what the heck? And the thing is like, it was just only him after that. Nobody ever came up to me with the same song or the same type of genre. It was just him. Yeah. So I you got to be careful with those people because sometimes they just want you to play what they want to hear. Yeah. But they're not. And the worst part is that they don't even dance to what they play. Yeah. I think I think that's a good point because if if at a church dance, a church dance, people want to slow dance. Mm-hmm. People want uh, to ask somebody to dance. Right. When it comes to like your bachatas, your merengues and stuff like that. Um, 
and people like you know like line dancing to kind of change it up and stuff like that yeah that's a necessity but that's that's the that's the premise of what a, a church dance well, i'm just saying church yeah but <clears throat> church dance consists of right uh-huh. um and you're right sometimes but i mean people do need to take breaks people, there's not somebody who's on the dance floor the whole time i mean i can i know addicts like they live up for they live for the weekend to go dance <laughs> even the addicts have to go Sit and down. drink some water and take a, yeah, break, take a break right um and but there i, I wouldn't say that I, I, what you're saying is true like if somebody were to disrupt that flow with one song that's going to make everybody sit down or go grab a drink and then it's going to get the crowd you going kill later the environment. on yeah you kill the vibe and that's the worst thing you could do as a, as a DJ because oh, yeah, that's your man. job. You're supposed to keep the vibe going <laughs> the whole night, right? Definitely. That's awesome, man. Um, what else? What else can we talk about? What um, what callings have you had since you've been back from your mission? So when I came back from the mission, I was uh, first. No, I think I was like the second counselor of the Omri's Homeless. I can't remember if I was the second counselor or the second. <laughs> so yeah, I really love the calling. Like to yeah. be honest, like. I love being with the youth. Me like, too. They were awesome. Like, um, I was able to relate with them. Like back when I was their age, and and some things that I couldn't relate to them too because, I mean, like I can also see. I I haven't seen anything really, but I can I can imagine that the times that they're going through, they're probably it's probably way more harder than the times that we went through. But then again, like, you know, high school is always going to be high school, you know? Yeah. Like, it's always going to be like Babylonia, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very, um, it could be hostile pretty quick, you know? Um, I remember a lot of temptation in high school, but, um, luckily I had the right friends in, in my environment. Cause, um, when I got to Eisenhower, it was, it was like, you know, Yancey was there, Lewis was there. Um, a few friends from church were there. So it was like I, I had my go to friends, you know, that I knew that I was going to see them at mutual. I was going to see them, you know, for seminary and stuff. And so I, we had a good group of friends that, you know, you were blessed, man. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's important, man. Like, it's I mean, I, I wish that more people had access to that. But if you don't, I mean, people look for validation from freaking strangers you just so happen to have that interaction with them because they live within your school district but not because you want to you know so um yeah man i i i also work with the 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 youth and in, in, in my ward when i got home and um it was awesome it was awesome up to a point where i had to finally work on myself you know like a I had mentioned to my bishop, like, hey, it's time for me to go to the branch. You know, it's time for me to do some YSA stuff because um, I'm just I don't feel like I'm progressing here, you know, at all. And so that time finally came and, and I stuck with YSA and it was it was great. I still love it. I love being part of this, you know. Um, what are some what are some things that you think that. Because um, mm, things have progressed in some things in the branch. Oh, yeah. From when it started, and there's some things we've we've also lost, right? Talk about those things. What are some things? Um. Well, first I wanted to talk about like my feelings and like how I feel about the branch. Okay, like in the beginning or now? Uh, the beginning. Okay. So <laughs> I always tell everybody, like, and I'm I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna know now, but like, I mean, I would tell them the same thing anyways. 
that like with me it's a little bit different dude like you know i'm kind of like i'm not the way how you felt about the branch how you were supporting it you were trying to make it happen yeah i was more like i wanted to stay in the family work because me yeah. I'm, a, I'm a family man like i just wanted to be with my dad and yeah um just continue to be with the youth so i never had any any intentions to be in the branch mm-hmm. i didn't even want to be part of the branch to be honest yeah and that's like the honest 100 truth you know speaking right there. this is the beginning yeah. or even now uh now i'll feel a little bit different because okay. now i understand like the the reason why it's part of to be in the branch yes because like pretty much what you said like you know if i were to be in a back in the family where i don't think i would progress nope. and you know i wouldn't want all those people as well like to harass me like i think i said this exactly like 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 dude just shut up <laughs> it, is, it, it is a common thing and why i say where it's like you know when you're gonna get married you know or or where's you know, i haven't seen you with a girlfriend you know and it's like yeah i wish annoying. and you know what no offense but uh it takes one time for you to tell that person hey mind your freaking business yeah. how about that one you know? <laughs> and i promise you with one answer like that they will never ask you again dude i just tell them like you should just worry about your own marriage worry about yourself i get more hardcore but like and it sucks when because you piss me off, dude like dude yes i, I get <laughs> it's a real thing it's a natural ambition it's a natural way to react when you finally had enough of that i mean i'm 30 years old you know so i, I i've i've been asked before you know um and sometimes, you know, especially when you go to a YSA branch and you see people from your home ward, it's like, when are you going to get married? And how are the ladies, you know? And it's like, dude, mind your freaking business, Yeah. you know? And maybe they have that sense of, like, big Caring. brother love. They actually do care. They're asking you mm-hmm. because they do care. But it's more like they don't she's, see she's how it actually affects you, yeah. right? Because it's like, you can't control that, you know? Like, I mean, you can, but, it, like... You, it takes work it takes patience it takes meeting someone talking to someone flirting with someone you know like there's a there's science behind all of this there has to be chemistry oh yeah you know so um and also building ourselves up too because of you know, course there's, there's some things that you know we're, we still got learn we gotta develop and, exactly i'm saying like well for some of us too like maybe that's the reason why some of us have trouble dating because there's certain yeah. like things like like certain You're working tra- on cer- certain traits that like you know we're there may be unattractive, so we got to change things about ourselves too. So we yeah, gotta try to find those things and you know try to fix it up and um and in that way you know in that sense we could become a, a better person with us yes. to have a, like you know chances to uh you know to date and all those things. Yeah, <laughs> I think for me um you know because I I dated plenty, but it was it was more of like I don't I don't want to just settle, you know yeah. I want to make sure that I'm confident in my choice. And I mean, there's, there can be a lot of criticism to what I just said, but it's just what I want, Yeah, you know? And so for me, it was, it was when I met my fiance, that was, that was probably the first time I was ever dumbstruck. Like I, I, I cannot begin to explain to you what that was like. I, I literally was dumbstruck. Like I met her and I was like, how is it possible that an angel like that <laughs> is here with a physical body? <laughs> and, and I've never felt that before in someone. And, and like I said, I've me. dated plenty, you know? And so, um, shoot or shoot. Exactly. You know, if, if I have a basketball and there's a basketball goal on that end, I'm going to try to shoot. It's just nature. I have to try. And so I tried. And failed, and I tried again, and failed again. But by the this, we started talking again, and she looked for me 
that time. And so at that point, she was shooting her shot. And I was like, like well, let's play, you know. Um, and I think I think it's, um, I mean, because you're not the only person uh, who, I guess, I, I don't want to say struggle, but everyone goes through this in what I say, you know. Yeah. Um, sure. Am I ready to get married? Do I know? Do I say I, I am ready, but I'm really not married or, or, or not ready? I mean, um, and so I guess just. Take it one day at a time. Be patient. Hey, man, just have friends. Yeah, you know, sure. hang out with friends. Um, see what you really like. Date, and be be straight up. You know, like, hey, I'm gonna be vulnerable here. I like you. Um, can we hang out? You know, and people, people say that girls don't like that phrase, hang out, but they love that word. You yeah. know, they just want to hear. Yeah, because if you say date, then they... yeah, they get scared, or or maybe they're you know. It's just away. it's such a touchy <laughs> subject that everybody's gonna respond to it different, but you can only know based on experience. And then you you have the data in your mind, you learn it and you apply it in different circumstances, and you just kind of keep learning it for yourself. You know, I can't. No one has the perfect formula of how to date someone. You know, no one. So everybody's experience is different. Everybody's different. You know. Oh, yeah. So just um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, as far as like your callings and everything, I mean, I've never had anything bad to say about you. I think you're, you're a very good person, very service minded. Um, I've seen that you kind of look after the people who, uh, um, how do I put this? If you see somebody is kind of sitting by themselves, I've seen you go up to that person and talk to that person. And, and that's something that I like because I'm that person. Um, but when, when I see somebody else doing it and I don't have to do it because somebody else is already doing it, it's a blessing to me, especially now as other scoring president, you know, like I, um, if I see somebody who's, um, ministering someone, then it's just a blessing to me because I know that that person's taken care of and it's not an immediate emergency to where I have to go and do it now. Right. Somebody else is already doing it, you know? So yeah, man. Um, we're at an hour and 15 minutes, man. What do you think? You think we got it? I want to keep it going. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, man? We talk about whatever you want. Uh, I guess a, a little bit on the part of like, um, you know, reaching out to others. Okay. Um, yeah, like I like to do that because, you know, thank, thank God for the mission too, because, you know, you learn those things in the mission, to be honest. Uh, you learn to like reach out to the to those people and like me being as a kid like back in high school like I would sometimes be that person like to sit by myself in the cafeteria yeah <laughs> just become be like some loner you know I feel I feel <laughs> like a lot of people take that as this guy didn't have any friends or he uh, is weird or anything like that <laughs> but if I'm honest I used to love sitting by myself because really? I don't want to be a bunch of freaking losers like I I hate that I hate when people are just mean to people you know, and so I avoid that by being by myself and I'm really happy with my own thoughts sometimes, you know, <laughs> in my mind, if, if, and I'm lear learning this about myself when like, um, um, when I'm by myself, I'm allowed to be creative. I'm allowed to think of random things you and know you're introverted. So yeah, <laughs> I bring joy to myself, you know, just by myself, you know, I listen to music. I can catch a vibe by myself. I can, you know, I don't know. Um, 
if it's eating or if it's something I just catch a moment where it's just me and my thoughts you know um but yeah like I was even at church sometimes there was a time where like um some people are, can be pretty distracting during sacrament meeting, right? <laughs> and so I want to sit as far away from them as possible because I want to focus on sacrament, right? And so I sit by myself sometimes, and I'll just I'll just sit here and be quiet, and I'm trying to soak up as much information as I can because I want to gain from this stuff, you know. Um, and don't come sit next to me. Leave me alone. I mean, if somebody <laughs> wants to come sit next to me, I'll you know, of course, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. be rude, but. I, I like being on my own a lot, you know. I feel you on that. What about you? Is it, does that create a sense of like worrisome sometimes if you think uh, anxiety? Yeah. Nah, man. I'm the opposite. Like, uh, <laughs> I love to. I love to be alone. Well, it's getting to the extent where like I should. I, I have to push myself to go out sometimes. Yeah. Because if I don't do it, like, nah, man. Like, I just right. kind of like stay in one place whether it's like in my room or just somewhere like maybe even the gym i just kind of st- spend more time there i mean yeah. i'm obviously working out but yeah. like uh sometimes i do get carried away and i start thinking like just just about things i start daydreaming yeah like i am a daydreamer sometimes too so you know i just start thinking about things or like yeah scenarios um i love to self-analyze myself too and sometimes you know question like um, people's actions on like whether it's my family with my sister like something probably went wrong with my dad or my mom or something like that I kind of question like man well like um, like why did they why did they say those things that they said or like hmm. why did they behave that way like obviously I did something wrong you know that kind of make them like be that way but there's like sometimes where like you know they kind of like they people act in a certain way and you're not sure why yep. so you kind of like try to figure it out you kind of like like well maybe like i'm not sure like you know what's the what's the problem so do you ever ask them um i do i do ask them but uh sometimes like i guess i spend more time like you know trying to figure it out myself um even though that's not like always the greatest things to do right of course you don't want to jump to conclusions when you don't know the person exactly but like um sometimes like that's that's where i get like in my my intuitive side because sometimes i'm like um, I, I kind of like meet a person and for some reason I just kind of like feel like how they're feeling in the moment and like if I feel like they're sad like I try to cheer them up and then like the, the thing about being intuitive you're not sure if they really are exactly like feeling that way yeah but um, I mean I think everybody likes to like um, a person who cracks a joke to them who makes them smile of course to like be approached you know like to to reach out their their, their hand to them so I know and I understand because uh, people have done it to me too. So I know that feeling like of, you know, being approached and, you know, being greeted and like, I know how that feels. So, you know, when you do it to other people, like they feel the same way too. And like, I don't know, man, like I just want like people to like, you know, to try to feel that love in the branch. Cause like, that's what, that's where I, I like have that pride of being Hispanic because we're known for being like loving. Yes. Inviting, you know, very, you know, physical touching, you know, hugs and kisses and all that. Yeah. Like, you know, we we stand out from other cultures because, and that's how Mexico was too, man. Like, the people are are, are like that a lot. And if we want to feel, if we want to make people feel loved, then like, you know, we yeah. we have to try our best to, you know, just to reach out to them, and you know, make them feel wanted, make them feel loved. Like, who doesn't want that? Everyone wants exactly. That. That's something that the that our branch president has talked about often about how. Um, 
you know, people have been coming from other YSA wards <laughs> just because they feel welcomed here. Yeah. You know? And I get it. You know, it's it's great. Um, I, I, I think it's just sketchy times right now, man, with COVID and people have, man, people get so political. Like, why are we getting political? You know, like, who cares? Like, let's just have a good time. Let's eat some food. Let's, you know, let's look after some people. Let's love each other. You know, like, we have to be more patient and caring, you know. Um, I mean, even if, even if the conversation is brought up and we think different, that doesn't mean that we can't get along you know it doesn't mean that you know like if you don't see things in my perspective that doesn't mean that you or i are evil are evil people we just have different ideologies you know exactly. um and who care if we should be talking about gospel related topics because that's ultimately what brings people together yeah. where you can talk about something that's true that's doctrine and what message is there in the and and the, the scriptures that brings hate towards someone or that belittles people i mean the gospel is about uplifting it's about faith and you know think about repentance repentance doesn't mean you're you're a horrible person it means you're a person you make mistakes exactly. and you want to be forgiven of those mistakes you know um and we have the promise of baptism that you are clean of those sins you know, you get to have the promise of the Holy Ghost, right? And what a freaking gift that is, you know, like to have a, con you know, constant companion of, you know, someone of the Godhead as your your friend, someone who's with you all the time, as long as you're worthy, right? Um, I mean, those, those topics um, should be talked about more. Um, and I think they are. I mean, th there definitely are. But there's a time and place for everything, right? Like sometimes we just want to have fun sometimes yeah. we want to uh be introverts and we just want to have our little hobby our little thing where we get to play around and fiddle with stuff right yeah and then there's times to look after people and minister people and do our callings and stuff you know um but yeah man i mean i think everybody's just on edge and so maybe the fact that when they come to the branch they feel welcomed i mean that's that's pretty significant it says a lot about us you know it does so hopefully that's we can true. keep that going man yeah, I like that. Well, my friend, uh, our food is getting cold. Uh, <laughs> Juan, uh, I mean, we just got done shooting the guys in the HOU podcast. So we asked Juan to bring us some food, and our food got here about an hour ago. <laughs> so we should probably, you know, eat that up. But, um, but yeah, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you, brother. Uh, I feel like you and I can gain um, from a conversation, but we can just have conversations. With or without a podcast, like we just talk about stuff all the time. We do. So um, it was good to have you, man. Uh, anytime you want to, you know, come through again, just let me know. I'm trying to get better at this. I mean, it's been kind of hectic lately with traveling, and um, some people have kind of fell through with like this thing. But I don't, I don't care. This is just something so people can be informed of, you know, what's to get to know the real individual, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't get that through Facebook pictures and Facebook memes and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, you you do that by having conversations and getting to know someone and asking questions, you know? I like that. But yeah, man, I think we got it, brother. What do you think? We got it. All right, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye, everybody. Peace.